Hey everyone, we hope you're having a great week. My name is Eric Johnson, and along with my wife Candace, we are the lead pastors of Studio. We are based in Greenville, South Carolina, and we just want to take a moment and say hello and say thanks for listening to this podcast. So with that, let's get right to it. Can I have all of the women stand up? I know. Even if you're not a mother, I want you to stand up. I was asked to read this poem. A lady wrote it by the name of Christina Moss. And when I read it, um, I thought, man, this isn't just for mothers, this is for women. And what you guys carry, you guys are called to birth things out. And I felt like over tonight that there are some things where you have been hoping for you've been standing for, and there's this time when you're giving birth, it's like the transition period where you want to give up, but if you push forward, then literally the baby comes very fast afterwards. So as I read this over you, this is your, just a reminder of how fierce you are and how God created you, yeah, and what you carry. All right, come on, Jeffrey. <laughs> Our willingness to carry life is the revenge, the antidote, the great rebuttal of every murder, every abortion, and every genocide. We sustain humanity. Deep inside of us, life grows. We are death's opposition. We have pushed back the hand of darkness today and we have caused there to be a weakening tremor among the ranks of those set on Earth's destruction. Today, a vibration that calls angels to attention echoed throughout time, and our laughter threatened hell today. We dined with the great of God's army. We made their meals and we tied their shoes. Today, we walked with greatness, and when they were tired, we carried them. We have poured ourselves out for the cause today, and it is finally quiet, but life stirs inside of us. Gaining strength, the pulse of life sends a constant reminder to both good and evil that we have yielded ourselves to heaven and now carry its dream. No, angels have had such a privilege, nor any man. We are humbled by this honor. We are great with destiny. We birth the freedom fighters, come on. In the great war, we are the leaders of the underground resistance, and we smile at the disguise of our troops, surrounded by a host of warriors, destiny swirling, invisible yet tangible, and the anointing to alter history. Our footsteps marking land for conquest, we move undetected through the commonplaces. Today, 
we were the barrier between evil and innocence. We were the gatekeepers watching over the hope of mankind and no intruder trespassed. There is not an hour of day or night when we turn from our posts. The fierceness of our love is unmatched on earth. And because we smiled instead of frowned, the world will know the power of grace. Hope has feet and it will run to the corners of the earth because we stood against destruction. We are women. We are mothers. We are the keepers and sustainers of life here on earth. Heaven stands in honor of our mission. No one else can carry your call. I'm going to say that again. No one else can carry your call. We are the daughters of Eve. Eve has been redeemed. We are the opposition of death. We are women. I just want to remind you who you are, who we are as women. So I pray blessing over you guys. I pray hope that cannot be altered. You are strong, stronger than you think you are. And we thank you for being here because what you bring, you birth something that is new that we need in this place. So thank you. You guys are beautiful. So welcome to Candice. Thanks, Shana. Thank you. So beautiful. What a crazy thing and kind of scary to actually know who you are. I mean, and those are some powerful words about women. So beautiful. How are you guys doing tonight? Do you guys have room for more? Like not just coming to church, but actually receiving something because I believe that God has something fresh and new for us tonight. So if you have room for it, say right here. Right here. Oh, good. We can play some games. Now say, no, <laughs> this is good. <laughs> so fun. Well, it's so good to be with you. I love Mother's Day. I love Father's Day. I love Grandparents' Day. I love birthdays. I love Christmas. I love all the things because it's so fun to celebrate, but it's really fun to celebrate people. And they're people that we should be celebrating every day, but it's fun where we just take time to think about them, to talk about them, to honor them. And as a mother, I would say that mothering, I know I keep seeing you guys around posts, mothering is probably one of the most selfless things I've ever done. Um, It's about giving from the moment that you start carrying life inside of you. You give the best to your baby, um, and then you um, have a baby, and then you get to continue to nurture, to give, to give of your wake time, to give of your sleep time, to give of um, everything. And so I just really honor moms. I honor grandmas as well. I think my favorite people in my life have been my grandparents, and I'm just so thankful for women who choose to nurture and carry life. And I'm so thankful for people who are not my biological moms who still mothered me. 
So people who actually cover more than themselves as well. So thank you for all the moms in every direction. Happy Mother's Day. I have a, fun, a few fun parenting things that I want to share. The first one is a quote. It says, once upon a time, I was a perfect parent. Then I had children. The end. <laughs> we always have so many thoughts and opinions before we have experience. Um, and then... I have a list of 11 things you know you're a mom when. You know you're a mom when you do more in seven minutes than most people do all day. You know you're a mom when going to the grocery store by yourself is a vacation. You've been there? You know you're a mom when instead of running from projectile vomit, you run toward it. Mm-hmm. Parenthood. You think of number four. I love this one. You know your mom when. You think of physical pain um, on three levels. Pain, excruciating pain, and stepping on a Lego. Mm -hmm. Number five. You know your mom when. You have the ability to hear a sneeze or cough through closed doors in the middle of the night, two bedrooms away, while your husband snores next to you. That is a phenomenon. I have I experienced it myself. My daughter just kind of uh, coughs and I know she has a cold and I'm like, oh no, I got to go check on her. And then I come back to the room and I'm like, wow, he snores loud. I mean, not too loud, just kind of really loud. Yeah, it's loud. And then number six, uh, you know your mom when peeing with an audience is part of the daily routine. Number seven, you know your mom when a 15 minute shower with a door locked is like a day at the spa. Number eight, you know your mom when you've been washing the same load of laundry for three days because you forgot to dry it. You're like, you didn't even have to be a mom to do that. <laughs> um, number nine, um, you know your mom when you can't remember the words, uh, what the words personal space mean. Mm -hmm. Number 10, you know your mom when you have several storybooks memorized. I think I have this Dr. Seuss one. Oh, the things you could think if only you try. You could think of a guff going by. And it just keeps going. Mm -hmm. um, and number 11, you know your mom when you, your love is so ferocious, it scares you sometimes. And just so fun. There's fun things about motherhood. There's funny things about motherhood. And uh, it's just a, also a very rich gift to be able to nurture and give life to those around you, whether they are biologically yours, spiritually yours, or you just cover a lot of people around you, because I know I have a room full of a lot of those kind of people. So thank you so much. Today um, is a word that I've been carrying. I feel like God has something for us. So if you have a spirit, if you have room to receive, I just say, open up your heart, because you're not supposed to leave here the same way you came in. If you have room for something new. I want to start out by reading Hebrews. Hebrews 12, follows. Hebrews 11 is the faith chapter, talks about the definition of faith, and then it goes through different heroes in the Bible, and they are considered heroes in the faith. And so then this is the beginning of chapter 12, uh, verse 1 in Hebrews. It says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so eagerly, easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. What a powerful, powerful two verses. I wanna just start out by just going through it 
And it starts out first surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. It's referring to in even the chapter before the cloud of witnesses, the heroes of the faith. There's 18 of them in the chapter before mentioned. But it's the people who have gone before us that have lived unto the Lord and live full of faith. They, they're there to inspire us, to champion us. And then it goes on to say, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. So we know that we are on, we're on a journey. It's actually not just a journey, it's a race. And it's not a short race, it's a long race called life. And as we're on it, it's saying lay aside every weight and sin. So we know sin separates us from God. We don't wanna mess around with sin, it leads to death. But they're saying, and wait, there's a weight. What else could there be? What's a weight in a race? Something that doesn't help you. What are the things in our life that don't help us? Whether it's distractions, discouragements, what are the weights that we need to lay aside? I believe that the Lord is inviting us into stuff if we have ears to hear it. It's a time to go, where are you taking us, God? And if something isn't helping us, then it's a weight. I think they can even be relationships sometimes. I think they could be a lot of things. And so Lord, give us the wisdom and the eyes to see you to know what we need to take off as we're on this race. And it says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And this word endurance is in the uh, Hebrew. No, it's in the Greek. It's called uh, hupomone. Hupomone, it means steadfast, consistency, endurance. It's also patience. Steadfast, waiting for, patience, and um, during, sustaining, perseverance. I mean, this is a loaded word. It is um, another statement about it. I think it's really powerful. It says the quality of character that, character that does not allow one to surrender. That's the kind of person you want to be in a race with. Someone who has endurance. And I, that's been on my heart all week long as I'm looking around and hearing different stories and hearing a little bit of the weariness in the race. And there's things that come up in our lives that just sometimes get a little bit much. And we get the opportunity, I believe, to make a choice. And tonight, I think that the Lord wants to meet us and give us something fresh. Um, I want to talk a moment for, about even the word race. Because as we are in a race, there are different kinds of races. There are short races and there are long races. And they are very different, require different things of us. And how many people here love to run? Anyone? Does anyone love to run long distances? like have done a 10K marathon. I know some marathon runners, uh-huh, no, yeah, back there. I have only done a half marathon. Um, I've ran long distance my whole life, but um, it's a special breed of people who can run long. And I'd say even the ultra marathoners, those ones I, I'm not really sure when they do like the 50 milers or 100 milers, I'm just like, can I see your feet? I'm just curious. What's carrying you around for so long? Even when I run for long distances, I'm like, thank you, body, for doing this for me. That is so nice of you. So yes, uh, running, I think, is um, fun. But there's different parts of the race um, to take into account. So in a race, you have the beginning of a race. And how you choose to start a race is really strategic when there's other people in the race as well. We, I grew up in uh, Northern California, and there was, a, I did cross country in high school. We always, just the girls ran three miles, raced it. And there was one that started on dry sand. Do you know what it's like running on dry sand? 
you just run and you work so hard and you just move a little bit. And the race started on dry sand. So you're like, do you run as hard as you can and go 50 feet and then be dead? And you still have like two, three quarter mile left to run? Um, or do you just kind of take it easy and then hit the trail and then take off? So, you know, there's strategy involved in races because then there's also terrain. Terrain affects race as well. Um, being from Northern California, it's also very hilly and, and mountainy, I would call it. Behind um, Humboldt State University in Arcata, we have a cross country meet there. And this uh, meet, the, the race course was one mile uphill completely, up a mountain, one mile around the top, and one mile back down. And my strategy was put my hands on my knees and keep my arms locked and just keep running because then at least you carry and hold your whole body because running uphill for a mile is a long time. Um, you know, and then another thing to consider while you're in running is the length. You run differently if it is um, a half a mile, mile, 15 miles, um, and every mile feels differently. For me, the first mile, I call it like the yucky mile. The first mile just takes a, a while to get settled in. So you're just getting started. Then by the second mile, you just start to get a little settled in and it gets a lot more fun. The second and third mile into a groove. Then there's the physical parts. There's different strengths that we all carry. Some of us are really good at the beginning, the end. Sometimes some of us are really good at endurance. And then the physical part, what happens when you get like a stitch in the side? Like, oh, lift your arm up. Can you keep running and just open up your diaphragm? Sometimes things will start cramping. Um, there's, and then there's one thing that happens that um, they call it hitting the wall. If you, um, you're going and then you're exhausted and you're having a hard time breathing, um, what do you do? And there's, sometimes you can just continue to run through it and it's called a second wind. And um, you, can, you can start recovering and actually um, start feeling a lot better just by continuing to run. And then there's the finish. The finish is another part of the run. I ran with a girl named Julie Bohr through junior high and high school. And Julie Bohr and I were partners in running, ran the same team. And um, she helped me because I'm really good. If someone just gets set the pace, I'll just stay with them. So I stayed with Julie the whole time. And we would run and run other, with other people and other teams. And then at the very end, the last very part, like it'd be so far away. You want to always have a good kick at the end if you're racing because then you can beat people out. Well, Julie had a very long kick, so long that I would see that so far away. And I'm like, I started now. I don't think I would make it. I would have to crawl in. So she would start running faster. And I'm like, go, Julie. And I would just cheer her on as, and I would come in behind her. Um, and if we were beating, racing somebody else, I would just cheer her on as I followed them. So um, how we end. But really what I wanted to talk and I talk about tonight is as I was thinking about race and even this scripture in Hebrews talking about a race that we're all in and how important endurance is. But sometimes in the race, there are things that come up that are exhausting, that even though we're continuing to move forward in what we're doing, it's still give, it's requiring almost more than it feels like we have. When you hit the wall running, there's something called the a second wind that comes in and I've experienced it. And I felt like when I read the definition of this, I'm like, that's what God has for us. That's what he has for us tonight. Cause I've heard so many people in the last few weeks, just sharing their story, looking in their eyes and realizing they're giving all that they have. And sometimes it doesn't feel like how much more can we take Lord? And I think that's at that point he goes, I want to come in and refresh you. I want to come in and give you a second win. So I want to read second win. Second win is a phenomenon in endurance sports. So in these long races, 
such as marathons or road running, as well as other sports, whereby an athlete who is out of breath and too tired to continue, does anyone feel like that tonight? Are there places in your life where you feel like, I just have decision fatigue. I can't make another decision. I'm not sure what is coming next. What do I do? And I feel like I've been in this place for a long time. So breath and too tired to continue. It's known as hitting the wall. Second wind is suddenly finds the strength to press on at top performance with less exertion. Does anyone say, yes, God, I'll take that? Because I believe that the Lord wants to give us a second wind. And I wanna, we're going to be praying for you guys as well. Because I think that things are supposed to break. If we're supposed to have breakthrough tonight. And the thing about second wind is you wouldn't get it if you stopped running. It's nice to rest. I believe that God has, you know, there is rest. And he, call, he calls us to rest. But sometimes we're just supposed to keep going. And he'll recover us as we put one foot in front of the other. And so we're going to pray tonight. But before we pray, I actually want to share a testimony and a story. And this story is really about the faithfulness of God, but also what he develops in us in the journey. And sometimes who we become in life is just because of what God has brought us through And so if we just try to avoid it when things get hard or stop, sometimes we miss out on what God wants to develop in us. And just how many people want to be blessed in life? Like, I want the blessings of God. I will be the first one to raise my hand. But often we don't talk about with more blessing actually comes more responsibility. And it requires more of us. Like if you have a two-bedroom house that needs to be repaired and remodeled, that's like, oh, that's work. You know, oh, it's 900 square feet. So I mean, if you got a five-bedroom house and it was 3,000 square feet, how much more work do you think that's going to be? And how much more money? Thank you, Lord, for your blessing. And thank you for your provision. So as we move forward in life, things just increase. So I say that this is not a bad thing, but the Lord will use it all. He's going to use it all. And I want to encourage you tonight. So this testimony, it was in 2016. Eric and I were living in, our family was living in a house in Reading. It was a beautiful house, a neighborhood that we really liked. But for years, we were saying, gosh, we would love to move somewhere else, a place that has a pool, because Reading is very hot. Our kids were getting older, and it was really in our heart to be have a home where our kids could bring their friends to our house. And because when it was the summertime, they'd go, oh, it's okay if we go over their house because they have a pool. Yes, yes. It was just starting to feel like, I feel like I'm getting robbed, God. I actually want to be the place where our kids come with their friends. And so I was talking to the Lord for like five years. And because I couldn't, we couldn't figure out how to economically work this out because we happened to buy in 2005 at the peak of the market. And the house just lost value. We were fine. We weren't upside down or anything, but it just didn't make sense. And was like, gosh, I, we should move, but it's not making sense. Finally, after five years of looking, but couldn't figure it out, we just like, one day something shifted. It was like, we're supposed to move. It's like, wow, I don't think we're going to make all that money back. It doesn't matter. It's just time to move. We, God has another house for us. So we had faith and we believed that God, like this is not where we're supposed to stay. So we're like, well, we're going to have to sell our house before we can buy a house. Let's sell this house. Mind you, it was a nice house. We could afford it. It was in a nice neighborhood. But we're like, no, God has another house for us. So we put the house on the market. And we're like, oh, this is so exciting. This is going to be awesome. We already know what God has for us. We know that it'll be right on time. This is awesome. When we say right on time, it's like our time, right? Because our ways are the same as the Lord's ways. Mm-hmm. 
problem right there. So we um, put our house in the market. We start looking at houses. We're so excited. We go look at the first house. Our house hasn't sold yet, but you know, you make a contingent offer. So we go to down this road. It's called Whispering Oaks. It's in Redding, California. I hadn't been on it. It's a area that has a little more property and is in a part. We wanted to live in a specific part of the city by our daughter's school. And we drive down it, and there was a certain price range. We were looking for property, for a pool, and um, just a place in a certain part of the city. So we go down there, and Eric's driving. A, we're in separate cars, and we go look at the house with the realtor. And um, I remember everything because it was a very discouraging moment for me. And we walk in the house, and, and I'm just looking at everything. I'm going, gosh, this, I am overwhelmed by this. It was above our price range, had no pool, and um, I could see rot under the windows, meaning work and money, that I'm like, I don't know how you manage all of this. So I'm a little discouraged. We walk out, and Eric's like, that was amazing. And I'm like, oh, man, we see things so differently. No, <laughs> I'm like, that is not our house. Um, there, I could tell you three reasons right now. But we're like, we'll talk about it later. Um, so we get, I get in the car, and I'm driving back to our other house. And while I'm driving back, I'm like, Lord, why are we, is this even smart? We're selling our house and then we just looked at a house that I don't even like and I can't afford. Um, maybe this was not a good move. You guys ever feel like that? I made a decision and I was so full of faith and what have I done? And so we're, I'm driving by myself back down Whispering Oaks and just looking around and it's a cool neighborhood because every property is like 15 or 10 acres and above. And so the houses are spread out and I'm looking down once off the road. I'm like, that one looks like a nice house. And I go farther and I'm like, that has a pool in the back. Oh, Lord, can't there be something like that on the market? It's just me and God, you know? And I'm just like, okay, Lord, I'm a little discouraged, but I believe you have a house for us. This is in June. June passes, July passes. Our house isn't sold yet, so we no contingent offer makes any sense. So we're just keeping looking at houses. Our house goes into escrow in September. Yes, we're gonna find a house. And we there was a house we wanted. We even took communion on the property. We were declaring, thank you, Lord, for this house. Um, and we didn't get that house. Um, we're like, oh, goodbye house. I thought that was mine. Wow, that did not work. Um, and it was, I think it was kind of what we wanted. Uh, September is coming to an end and our house is gonna be closing. So we're gonna have to move, which we did it to ourselves because we wanted to move, but we didn't have a house to live in or to move into. So September passes, October, October. I'm like, this is the month. We're gonna be in escrow by November 1st because I was making declarations left and right, you know, because I do believe in the power of our words. And so I'm going to be, we're bringing escrow November 1st. October is going. I'm believing it. I feel really confident. We haven't found a house yet, but, you know, the moving, the moving out date of ours is getting closer. I remember it was like the last week in October. It was the 28th. And I go to, we have a woman's night. My sister was there and she goes, hey, did you guys find a house? No, we haven't found a house yet. Um, well, um, don't you, are you, don't you have to move soon? Yeah, I have to move like in a week and a half, but I know that we're going to be in escrow by November 1st. Like, I know there will be a house for us. And she's like, isn't that like in just a couple days? I'm like, it is getting towards the late end of the month. You're right. No, but I will, we still have, I mean, well, there's like four days left or something. We still have time. I still felt fine. But it's like, okay, so Eric and I get home that night and our house, we hadn't even started packing it. I think we had to be out in like a week or something. And we were getting ready to go into a conference and we're all, if we had a day off, we're like, we should probably go get boxes and pack this stuff up. Huh? Like, it's not as motivating to pack up when you don't have anywhere to go. We're like, isn't this kind of crazy we did this to ourselves? Yeah. We should be looking at Airbnbs right now. So we start looking at Airbnbs, rentals. I mean, you have to figure out something. 
But I'm like, we did this to ourselves. And um, so that next day we go to Home Depot, we go buy boxes, and we're walking out of the store with our boxes. I believe this day is um, October 30th. And um, we are in the parking lot. We see uh, friends, and it was a husband and wife. Uh, we know he's a realtor. He wasn't our realtor, but we, they stop. Oh, what do you guys do? Oh, you're buying boxes. Are you guys moving? Yeah, we're moving. Wow, um, when do you have to move? Oh, in like a week. Oh, gosh, where are you moving? We don't know. Oh, oh, no. Okay, yeah, yeah, we did, yeah. We're just going to pack up and figure it out. Okay. And she goes, elbows her husband. And he's like, she goes, tell him about that place. And so he goes, well, there's a place I'm going to list. I'm going to wait till Monday to list it. So if I can find a buyer, we're going to give it for, uh, we'll sell it for X amount of money, which is exactly what our budget was. And maybe even like 5,000 under our budget. And, um, and she goes, he goes, she goes, we would have bought, we would want to buy it if we could buy right now, because it's an awesome house. It needs some work, but um, it has property, it has a pool, and it's in the area that you're wanting to live in. I'm like, that's amazing. What's the address? Do you know where Whispering Oaks is? Oh, yeah, I remember Whispering Oaks. I mean, this is October. We looked at it in the beginning of July. And um, that was that first yucky house that was down that road. And so, like, yeah, they're like, well, if you want to go look at it, uh, go buy it. If you want to look at it, let us know. I'm like, we'll go buy right now because we have nothing better to do. So we get in the car and we start driving to Whispering Oaks. We're like, well, I mean, maybe this is the house, you know? We have a couple days left before um, we're going to be in escrow on November 1st and before we have to move. So we get to the house. I tell you, the house is the exact house I looked at when I'm driving away and go, couldn't there be a house like that, God? I'm like, what? How in the world does this happen? We looked at the house. We told him we wanted it. And we, uh, we made the offer on October 31st and started escrow on the, first, on the 2nd of November. It was the 2nd, not the 1st, because it was a Sunday. It was such an awesome experience because we had faith. We knew what we wanted and it did not turn out in the way that we thought at all. Um, it was not the timing. It was inconvenient. It was a roller coaster ride. I learned a lot about myself and my faith and what I expected of the Lord. And I tell you all this to say, as passionate people who love the Lord and trust him, sometimes we have to be okay with letting go of how we want it to happen and letting go of a lot more. And, and God is still in it. And he was faithful. And I tell you, the, house, the houses that I had already declared and that we took communion on their property because we were so excited that this is our house. Our house. The house that God gave us was way better, way better. And I remember walking around. We built a little trail, and I'd walk it years, even years later. And I'd go, Lord, I trust you so much. I trust you more than I trust myself because I'm so glad you didn't answer the prayers that I prayed for the other properties. Like, you know, but sometimes we're in the middle of the race. We don't know what's at the end. So we stop because we're like, we're tired. We can't do this anymore. I'm like, just keep running. He, he is with us. He will take care of us. And he knows what we need. And even more what we need, he knows what we dream of. Can we trust God tonight? I believe that he has a second wind for us. There are a lot of you that are in spaces where you might be overwhelmed with what choice do I make? Where should I be moving? What work should I be doing? There's so many things that are happening. And I think some of us just get a little tired of being in that space. But God is saying, I got you. I am with you. And I'm going to develop things in you during this time that are going to take you and serve you for the rest of your life. I want to read James 1. 
James 1 is an awesome scripture that's super encouraging. And we're going to find this other Greek word yet once again. James 1 verse 2 through 4 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you face, when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Can you guys say patience? It's that same word, hupomene. It's the same word as that enduring, persevering, patience. It's much more active than, it's not just a passive, oh, I'm just gonna wait here and be patient. It's actually a pursuing patience. So that's all of those words. Faith produces that kind of patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect, meaning mature and complete, lacking nothing. This is a Romans 8 moment that God will work it all out for our good. So when you're in the middle of something that's hard and you're sterling like, I don't know if I can make it, just keep going and thank God that he has got us. He has got us and he is provider God. And we can just be thanking him. It might not be in our timing. I tell you, we sold that house and we had, um, let's see, we got out and I think we, we started escrow and had to move out of our house in like less than a week. And so we had, yes, like a month and a half to find a place to stay. So we stayed at our friend's house. We put our stuff in storage. It was super inconvenient. She was so kind to let us, our daughters, and our dog stay at her house. Our daughters lived on her, or she slept on her living room floor. And um, they were in high school and we would just take them, one junior high, one high school, we'd just take them to school every day. And it was um, very inconvenient and set. It was also wonderful at the same time. God used it all. It was, she even says, that was such a special time when you were able to stay at my house. I'm like, gosh, thank you so much. It was so humbling for us too. And God used it all. It's not how I would have thought. I would have gone, I know what timing we should give us our house, God. And I know how it should happen. It's not how he did it. And yet he provided way more than enough. That's who he is. And so tonight I actually want to pray for anyone who you would say, yes, I am running the race and man, I could use a second wind right now because that's what God wants to give. He actually wants to give strength and courage tonight because we're not supposed to stop. We're supposed to keep going and not just keep going, but he actually wants to add something to us that will actually allow us to step into who he's created us to be. And so if you would like prayer tonight, I want you to stand because I believe this is a moment that things are gonna change. And I think sometimes change happens on the inside first. So if you would like prayer, we want to pray for you because there's no reason to leave the same way you came in tonight. Would anyone like prayer tonight right now? Just stand to your feet. Because we are going to invite him and we are going to receive all that he has tonight. He's that good. He's that good. And I thank you, Lord. I'm just going to pray. There's so much of us standing. I'm just going to pray. And why don't we just open our hands? That's what I do. Like when, when someone's going to give me a gift, I just had Mother's Day. My, my youngest daughter, she gave me five pounds of gummy bears. That's what she sent me in the mail. <laughs> now you know something evil about me. <laughs> But I open it with my hands. I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord. And thank you, not Selah. I mean, I should not have this in my house. But um, that's what we're going to do. We're going to say, Lord, we know, we know that you have something for us tonight. So just as a posture of receiving, we're going to open up our hands. And Lord, I thank you. I thank you, God, that you are provider, God. And even our situation doesn't change anything. So even tonight, God, we rest. We rest in who you are more than even what we want. 
God, and tonight I say we trust you more than we trust ourselves. And God, I pray that anything that is on us or weight in this race that we're carrying that's not supposed to be there, I pray, Lord, that you would just break that off of us. If there is discouragement and even distractions or relationships that we shouldn't have or things we're doing that we shouldn't be doing, I pray that you would show them to us so that we can stop partnering with them. And I pray for just a refreshing right now and a strengthening to everyone standing. Lord, I ask for a fresh courage and a fresh hope, a hope in who you are, Lord. And I also, we surrender. We surrender our agenda to you. We even surrender how we think it should go. God, and we ask um, just for your continual guidance and provision. And we say, you, we will eat and receive what you're giving. Yeah, and we, want, we don't just eat it. We're going to thank you for it, God. I thank you for your provision today. I thank you for the beautiful people that are standing in this room. Lord, I thank you for the life, the life that you provide. And God, I thank you for the endurance and the perseverance and the patience that you're developing in us. Lord, I thank you that you're making us whole, healthy people that are, that are strong and can endure. So God, I pray that you would anchor us into you. And I pray for breakthrough in every person, in every situation standing, that your goodness would fill them, but also follow them and go before them. Yeah, I ask for the favor of God on everybody standing right now. God, and we receive this all in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. What I want to leave you with, yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. What I want to leave you with is Luke 1. I love this um, saying. And context for this scripture is Angel Gabriel is talking to Mary, the mother of Jesus, and saying, you're going to give birth to Jesus. I know. I haven't been with a man, but the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. So she's receiving all of this. Oh, Anne Elizabeth, your relative, in her old age, she, she was barren. Well, she's carrying child too. She's carrying John. And... Um, And he says, for with God, nothing is impossible. So I say that over your life tonight. It doesn't matter what you've experienced. It doesn't matter what you've come out of and what you're walking through. This is a truth. For God, nothing is impossible. Those are things to ponder in your heart. And may that be the things that you walk on as well. And that that you will live above your experiences, not below them. So thank you, Lord, for who you are. Thank you for even increasing faith inside of us. Amen. Amen. Awesome studio. Thank you. Thanks for listening, and we hope this talk benefits you in every way possible. For more information about studio, you can go to studiogreenville.com or go to Instagram and look for studio.greenville. We would also love it if you would leave a review and hit those five stars. Other than that, Have a great week and we'll see you soon.